the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please be seated. And good morning. Good morning. At the caffeine level. What a great day. We've got a couple youngsters joining the family of God today. Uh, Paxton and Kaya, God's blessings be upon you. It is so good that you're here. Look at standing for us. <laughs> Go, and then they see that they're healed on the way, that, that they had they had the, 
the inspiration of the Spirit, perhaps, the mindfulness. Something reminded them to, wait a second, let me stop. Let me stop. Now that I recognize this gift that's been given me, let me stop and go back and offer my thanksgiving to the source of that blessing. Let me do that first before I go on the rest of my life. Let me, let me become mindful of those moments when, when God blesses me like that. And there's something interesting that, that Luke has this pattern. You see this over and over again. When, when Jesus does something for someone, there's a response. There's a response. Way back in the seventh chapter, in the seventh chapter, where he is just now starting out on his ministry, Jesus is invited to dinner. A Pharisee who seems to have taken an interest in this, this new 30 32-year-old, maybe, rabbi who's doing amazing things and he's preaching with authority and, and this Pharisee goes, hey, this, this guy's pretty good. Let me invite him to my house. And so Jesus goes to the home of Simon the Pharisee. And you know, if you, if you know the customs in those days, they didn't, they didn't have tables like we sit at. You know, a nice round table or a rectangular or something with all these chairs. Right? They, when they had their meals, they, they, they would recline on, on the floor. So they're kind of laying down on one arm and, you know, eating grapes and, you know. And you get the picture, right? They're reclining on the floor. And, and the story tells us that as they're having that meal, somebody shows up uninvited. Because their homes were not secured like ours are with all these doors, kind of an open sort of thing, and people can walk by and see what's going on. And, and there's a woman who had heard about Jesus and what he does. She showed up uninvited. And she walks right in where they're having this meal. Right in where they're having this And she goes up to Jesus' feet. Now, now catch the, the parallel here. That, that leper who came back, he threw himself at Jesus' feet. That's where he went to offer his thanks at Jesus' feet. And this woman who walks up, who's not supposed to be there, what does she do? She goes right to his feet. Right to his feet. And she takes this alabaster jar that's got this expensive oil in it, and she pours it on his feet. She's brought her treasure. She's probably brought the most important thing that she has. This might be her dowry. And she gives her dowry to Jesus. There's a lot of meaning in that. And she pours that on his feet, and then she cries on his feet, and she washes his feet, with that oil and with her tears. Then she lets her hair down, and boy, that is loaded. Uh, right? You don't let your hair down if you're a woman. You certainly don't, as a, as a woman, go and touch a man who's not your husband. She is violating all kinds of norms. This is scandalous. And they know it. Except they also know her reputation, and maybe they're not so shocked that she's doing something that's scandalous. She's called a woman of the city. <laughs> we can imagine what that means. And if you don't know what that means, the, the words of Simon the Pharisee, he's thinking to himself, if this guy Jesus were truly a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is who's coming here is touching him. And then Jesus, knowing what Simon's thinking, asks him something. Said, Simon, let me, let me ask you something. There, there are two debtors. 
one owns a small amount and one own, owes a large amount. They are both indebted, and both of their debts are forgiven. Who loves more? Obvious, right? And Simon responds, the one who's forgiven the most loves the most. And he says, you're right. Simon, see this woman? When I came to your house, you gave me no water for my feet, no oil for my head. But she, the one you think is unworthy, has come here and poured out her love upon me. She's washed my feet with her tears. She's dried my feet with her hair. She's going to have red hair. She loves a lot because a lot has already been forgiven. You see, she is responding to what she knows is true. She's responding to the grace of God. She's responding to that knowledge that she had that he is who he is and the forgiveness that he offers has already been given to her. Already given. And she shows up to say thank you. She could have just said, oh good, he's going to forgive me. Let me just go about my business. But she knows the right thing to do is to show her gratitude. To come back and say thank you for what you've done. He says to Simon, she loves a lot because she's been forgiven a lot. It's already a done deal. And it's after the fact of the blessing that she pours out this love upon him. And then he says to her words that we hear in several places when Jesus does things like this. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Other places, he says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. Because the same word is used for all of that. Wholeness. Wellness. Health. Peace. Salvation. It's all the same word. It's all the same word. And when you think about that, right? To be whole is to be at peace. To be whole is to be forgiven and not be wracked with guilt and shame. To be whole means that you don't hold things against yourself and you don't hold things against others. And you are truly set free. Truly set free. That is what salvation is. And we experience it in this life. In this life. And so I think about when, 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 when they ask for their faith, right? When, when the disciples say, increase our faith. Probably one of the places that all of us need our faith increased for is in the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude. Because it's when these people come back and offer their gratitude that Jesus says, you have come and offered your thanksgiving, your gratitude. You know what happens now? You are saved. This is your salvation. This is your healing. In your thanksgiving. In your thanksgiving. There's another story about a woman who had an illness where she had been ill for 12 years. We've got kids here, so I'll skip what that was. You might remember. And she had undergone all kinds of doctor treatments, and nobody could, could cure her. And if anybody here who has been struggling with cancer and other things, and, and you know how hard it is and how painful that can be to over and over again seek medical help, and it doesn't work. And they couldn't help her. But she had heard about him, and as he traveled along with his disciples, people are crushed around him. You know, she's, she's pretty good. She manages to sneak in there where he is, and he touches her robe, 
His robe touches that thing and, and, and he says, who touched me? You ever been in a big crowd? Gay goose? Who touched you? Who didn't touch you? Look at the people around. And then it says that she knew that she could no longer be hidden. Jesus is saying, who touched me? And I think the thing in that is that it's not about her not being able to hide right behind all the people. It's, it's about she came to realize something about herself. She was no longer hiding from herself. And she no longer cared what everybody else thought about the propriety of touching him. And she dared in her gratitude to approach him. And she told them what had happened. You know, in some churches they call that giving your testimony. But how God has blessed you and healed you. That's a response to God's love. That we share with people how God has blessed us. That others might think about how they've been blessed. It's contagious blessing. And then he says to her, daughter, daughter. The woman on the outside is now daughter. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Again, it's in that coming back and offering the thanksgiving that we are saved. That we are saved. We see that again. When Jesus is now approaching Jerusalem, they're passing by Jericho. And there's a blind man. And I don't mean selling blinds. I mean, like, he can't see. <laughs> There's a blind man on the side of the road, and the crowds are in front of him, but he hears this commotion, and he goes, well, well, well what is that? And he said, well, um, you know, Jesus is, is coming by, and, and the blind guy starts crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David. And like the good, bad, whatever, however you see this, church people they are, <laughs> They tell him to shut up. <laughs> shut up! Quit making all that ruckus over there. Just sit over here and we'll get you something to eat afterwards. But this important guy's coming by. Be quiet. You know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He cried out even more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, I hear that. I hear that. Good news for us. Jesus hears us even when we're stuck in the back of the crowd. <clears throat> Bring him to me. And he asked the guy, what do you want that restore my sight? And Jesus says, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And here we see the guy after he is made well. You can't shut him up now. He's glorifying God. Everybody else sees it. Man, they're having a revival right there in Jericho. The lame walk, the blind see. Jesus is here. It's a great day to be in Jericho. Contagious blessing. See, I think all of us who've experienced that, all of us who have been graced in some way, it's our responsibility to tell people about that, to share that good news. That you might actually bait them into saying the same thing, like, oh yeah, well, let me tell you about my story. Well, good, let's share those stories. Because that's part of our salvation, that's part of our wholeness, that's part of what makes us well. There's a um, Jesuit Indian, like Indian subcontinent, Jesuit priest, Tony DeMello. Wonderful writer, 
That's kind of an Eastern sort of flavor to his interpretation of Christianity. He said something to the effect of, you cannot be grateful and unhappy at the same time. You could not be grateful and unhappy at the same time. Now, maybe you personally are not dealing with any unhappiness. God bless you. Right? Fantastic to be you. But maybe, maybe, maybe not you, but maybe it's your, your family. Maybe there's unhappiness in your family. How about our society? Any unhappiness? <laughs> Anything not been touched by unhappiness? See, the message in that is, you know, well, let's focus on, on what we have to be thankful for. Let's focus on that. Focus on that. What are we thankful for? And that's medicine for our souls. And what's great about this is, speaking of medicine, Harvard Medical School actually did a study of gratitude, of what it's associated with. <clears throat> and they found that people who, who report higher levels of, of appreciation, gratitude, thanksgiving, are in fact happier people. Imagine that. Gratitude is associated with happiness. Look for your blessings and count them and call them out and give God thanks for them. You'll be a happier person if you focus on what is going good in your life and the lives of people around you. Science. Not only are people who are grateful happier, they have better relationships with other people, which probably makes sense. I like being around people who are happy. They're better able to deal with adversity. Because when things go bad, they know everything is not bad. They don't grab onto that, and that's all they can focus on is what went wrong. But they're aware of everything that is right in the world. Happier people, better relationships, better able to deal with adversity, and they're healthier. They're healthier people. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, you know, okay, but correlation is not causation, right? They're just, you know, what, what's the causal ordering here? Well, Jesus clears it up for us. Because after people have expressed their gratitude, that he says, go in peace, you have been made whole. May God bless the eyes of your hearts. Open the eyes of your hearts to see what is good in your lives, what is good in your families, to see your blessings, to know your blessings, and to have the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to, once you see those things, to call them out, to name them daily, and to give your thanks to God who has blessed you with these blessings. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.